Hey everyone, it's Jake here. Thanks for joining in to the Wellspring Podcast. If you're ready to be encouraged, but also challenged to live a bold life for Jesus and get rid of the old useless traditions of man, well, you've come to the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into this week's message. Father, I thank you today for the opportunity to stand in this pulpit and share your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will be my translator, that you will take this word that's coming from my mouth and burn it into the hearts of your people because it is not my words, it is your words. So Lord, help me to be a faithful messenger. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be encouraged by your word today, Lord, that we would not leave this place the same, Lord, that we would take this word, we would eat it like bread, and it would become sustenance, it would become life to us today, Lord, that way we may grow into spiritual maturity in the name of Jesus, amen. We're going to be in two passages today. I'm going to read in 1 John chapter 2, so go ahead and find that scripture. If you have your digital Bible or you have a regular Bible, I'm going to give you a minute. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 2. And then if you're really fast and you're a word nerd and you got there before everybody else, then you can go ahead and find Hebrews chapter 12. Hey, Rob and Casey, it's good to see you all today. Sorry to embarrass you from the mic, but keep looking over there so I might as well say hi. <laughs> um <clears throat> Awesome. First John 2 and Hebrews chapter 12. And go ahead and mark those in your Bible, and we're going to unpack these today. I believe the Lord has a word for all of us today. So all of us means everybody in the room, young, middle, and old. <clears throat> we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 12. Here we go. So since we stand surrounded, oh, I'm in the voice, by the way, if it sounds weird. Um, So since we stand surrounded by all those who have gone before us, an enormous cloud of witnesses, let us drop every extra weight, every sin that clings to us and slackens our pace, and let us run with endurance the long race set before us. Now stay focused on Jesus who designed and perfected our faith. He endured the cross and ignored the shame of that death because he focused on the joy that was set before him. And now he is seated beside God on the throne, a place of honor. Keep going, verse 3. Consider the life of the one who endured such personal attacks and hostility from sinners so that you, everybody say, look at your neighbor and say, you, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Before we get into this this morning, I want you to note one thing here. There is a moment in all of our walk, all of our race, that we will grow weary and want to give up. That's not a personality thing. That's not a spiritual maturity thing. That's not, that has nothing to do whether you're a young person or an old person. This isn't an age scripture. I want to make that real clear as I move forward this morning. There are moments that in our race that we become weary and we want to give up. So this is Paul's game plan for that moment. This is his strategy for that moment. Okay, so today we're going to unpack this because I want you to know that that moment is coming for you. Let me let me let me give you a little for instance. 
Let me open up with this story this morning. I've been telling the story quite a bit lately. Lately, the Holy Spirit has me uh, revisiting this moment in my life. This uh, story I'm going to tell you comes from the scripture is actually a real shift in my life and a real personal moment of revelation, that aha moment in my life. So as most of you know, um, I'm a, a personal trainer, fitness coach, whatever. And I uh, have been running and doing races for a long time, for probably about 15 years, I was a marathon runner. And I don't much do that anymore because it doesn't serve my body as well as it used to. <laughs> but um, in the early years, when I was training for a half marathon, particularly this one story, I decided that I wasn't, my friend kind of had talked me into going to this huge race in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Some of you have heard the story. If you have, just act like you have it and laugh anyway. Um, anyway, my friend invited me to this big half marathon in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which a half marathon is 13.2 miles. Who in here has ever ran a race marathon at any time in their life? Half marathon, 5k, any 5kers? No. Okay. A few of you in here. All right. I thought about it. <laughs> so, so my friend was like, and if you know me, I'm, I'm a social person. I'm I'm your hype girl. You can get yeah. I'm a yes girl. So if you ask me to do something, I'm like yeah, let's go, let's go. Like I'm I'm all in it. Okay. So she asked me to go do this half marathon with her in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was like yeah, let's do this. I can do this. And and so here we go. And I didn't train very well. I I had uh, other at other races, but this one I just kind of like I got this is gonna be fun. And this was one of those big races. This was twenty thousand people. There were bands there, like big bands. I don't remember who they were because they weren't my thing. But there were big bands. There were big things. This was a huge race. There were people that were in this race that had TV crews with them. They were, like, documenting their own YouTubes and stuff. Like, this was a big race. And uh, here we get there, and we're all hopped up. And it's, like, 6 in the morning. you got to get in your place in the line. And we're like, yeah. You know, so here she started, her husband had thrown in our bags, some of those five hour energy drinks, you know, <laughs> those little ones, you know, you get at the gas store and, uh, and then, uh, she had bought these little, they're called goo packs. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Goo packs are, and they're basically, you rip it off. It's like this goo. It's just basically caffeine. So my friend and I were like, oh, let's just down to five energy and, and rip a goo pack, you know, and, and like we got amped up. So here we go, running on a race. They shot the gun, did the deal. 20,000 people, here we go. Well, my friend decided that she was excited and didn't care about me anymore. So she went on in front of me. <laughs> she was in, it, it, she just left me in her dust. And so I'm running, I'm running. I'm all like, you know, like nitrous, you know, have you ever seen those car movies where like, like per push the button and like, whew, that was me at first with all that caffeine. And so here I go, we watched the flash last night and you know, he was running in, in the movie and I was like, that was me in my race. <laughs> so I was like, and so I, here I was, well, about mile 10, I hit what they call a runner's wall. And if you've never experienced this, this is a thing. It is when you have a, you have a mental breakdown. So my body had become numb at that point. My toes were bleeding. Like it was just, I mean, you know, people that run full marathons basically have no toenails. I mean, they just, you know, run their toenails off. It was just part of it. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm here, I get to about mile 10 and I'm thinking what you're thinking right now, this is the stupidest thing I have ever done. <laughs> like, why would anybody run this far? It makes no sense. This is stupid. 
it. And so I'm like, I'm sitting here in my brain, like, like thinking I'm the biggest idiot. I'm just really stupid. And like, why would I ever do this? Why well, start crying? And, you know, to tell you how slow my pace had become, um, a wheelchair person had passed me and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then another wheelchair person, their little group. <laughs> and then, um, and then on the other side of me was an amputee who passed me. He was on one of those legs, like, you know, like a spring leg. And I was like, all right. And then Barbie and Ken, as, after, as if the other two, Barbie and Ken decide they wanted to join the, late, the race late. Here they go bounding by in their perfect gym shark outfits, tickling each other, laughing, you know, just perfect. And here I am, you know, crying. <laughs> like, and I'm just in my bubble, okay? And I didn't even realize what a, what a hot mess that I had become at that moment. <laughs> and here I was just thinking, I'm the biggest loser. I'm going to quit. Like, this is so stupid. And everybody had, there was like people on the sidelines, you know. There was groups of people with matching T-shirts and signs that say, go, so, so. I didn't have anybody. It was all alone. And... I was thinking things like, it sure would be nice if someone cared about me. You know, <laughs> here I am just having this horrible mental breakdown. And all of a sudden I hear out of all of that, I hear, hey, you, it's okay, keep going. And I, I like, out of all of that, I heard that and I kind of started looking around and then I, and I saw this really elderly, really, really elderly man leaning against a light pole. And, I, and I'm like, surely he's not talking to me. <laughs> Surely he's not talking to me. And I made eye contact with him and he was talking to me. And he he like stood up and he goes, Hey, yeah, you, you, it's okay. Look how far you've come. Come on, don't quit now. You've only got two more miles. And he walked in out in the middle of the road with me. And you know, he walked with me. <laughs> and and for you know a minute or so, he just walked beside me and talked me into finishing. And it was the sweetest thing. And he was like, you should be so proud of yourself. Look at you. Who runs 10 miles? You did this. And he was just, you know, encouraging me. And I finished that race that day. I don't know what happened to the old man. Somehow he, you know, disappeared into the, into an oblivion. He was probably an angel or something. I don't know. But I finished that race. And on the way home from Albuquerque, me and my friend were talking about this moment because I was like, you left me, you know, <laughs> but I didn't need you anyway. <laughs> God sent an encouraging friend. Anyway, uh, she said, Heidi, that reminds me of the scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses of those who've gone before us to our, our life or our race of faith. And she said, there are times in our race, Heidi, that we, you, you know, we, we get to these moments. We're like, what am I even doing? Like, this is so, why, why would I, why am I serving the Lord? Like nothing ever, everybody else is doing better than me. I don't know what's going on. And God sends someone in your race that to encourage you and to keep you going. And that's what this, this today is all about is we are here to encourage one another. The title of my sermon this morning is called The Gang's All Here. And I think it's so interesting that the Smith family's here this morning because I truly feel like the gang's all here. <laughs> They're like my extended family over there. It's funny, Terry and Ian have hosted our family and fed us many a meals <laughs> and loved on our family so many times. And we love you guys. Um, but today's called The Gang's All Here. Um, or homecoming. And I want to encourage us today, flip on over to 1 John chapter 2. As I was studying this this morning, the Lord really began to unpack this because 
in the church, in the body of Christ, we all have our place, right? No one is exempt from the call of the ministry. It doesn't matter if you're Allie and JC and Bella, really. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, Brother Lee. It, it doesn't matter what age you fall in between that. We all have a work and a purpose here on this earth and in the church and specifically Wellspring. Today, I'm going to be specifically talking about our Wellspring family. First John 2, um, starting with verse 12, I love how John lays this out. He is giving, he is talking to three different people. And today I'm going to be talking to three different people. So when I'm talking to your group of people, um, please take notes. This is for you. I'll call you out. <laughs> when I'm not talking to you and you're, and I'm not your age group and not where you're at in life, you can zone out. You can talk to someone. I don't care. I'm not talking to you. Or you can pay attention. But I, I am going to talk to three specific groups today because the Lord told me to because John did in this chapter. And we all have a work of the ministry. Let's start with verse 12. I am writing to you, my children, because your sins have been forgiven by the authority of his name. I am writing to you, fathers and mothers, because you have known him as the creator, as the one who started everything. I am writing to you, young people, because he has given you the power to conquer evil. And here he's going to say it again. I have written to you, my children, because you have known the father. I have written to you, fathers and mothers, because you have known him, the creator. I have written to you, young people, because the voice of God remains and is heard among you. Remember that you have conquered the evil one. Paul, or not Paul, John here is describing three stages of spiritual maturity. And that's what we're going to target today. Three stages of spiritual maturity. Maturity. Nobody's off the hook here. <laughs> Nobody's exempt from this word today. So the first group of people that he is talking to are children. Or in the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word technion. And it, is, it means a child still in training, under instruction, with the implication of servanthood. This word child refers to new believers, those who are recent converts or just coming back into the fold. These are the spiritually immature that are maturing. Does that make sense? So I want to talk to you, children. Yes, the ones that are in the youth group, but also the ones that find themselves newly converted back to the faith or have never given their life to the Lord and have just now given their life to the Lord. Listen, this is for you. I'm going to give you three points to maturing. Everything today is in threes. I should have called this the sermon the three by three. I like naming things because I name my workouts too. So this is a three by three. <laughs> um, everything's in threes today. Everybody gets three points. Protein, fats, and carbs. Sorry, I'm a health coach. All right. If you are new to the new to the new to the faith and maturing in Christ, Allie, JC, Bella, Briley, I want y'all to take notes. Where's Seth? Come on, bud, sit down. I'm talking to you. Amen. Here we go. I'm not afraid. I was a youth pastor for way too long. Um, number one, to mature in Christ, be a student of Jesus. 
be a student of Christ, ever learning. Matthew eleven twenty two says, and 23 says, come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, I will give you rest. He says, learn of me, learn of my ways, and then you will grow. This is in Matthew 11. So those who are maturing in Christ, number one, be a student of Jesus. Number two, if you're growing in Christ, be a servant. Maturity happens when we serve. And and little side note to those who are paying attention that it's not their age bracket. Um, we never graduate from serving, by the way. That was a footnote. Um, maturity, maturity happens when we serve. We used to take people all over the world on mission trips. Jake and I, we'd love to do that again. Um, but we have taken young people all over the world. And the one thing that we tell them that they still are telling us to this day is that it is more blessed to give than to receive. They usually found that in the giving, they actually received more than they thought. Right? They, they, they raised the money to go somewhere like Honduras. They gave of their time. They took time off work. They felt like they were giving, right, Casey? But then you get down there, and you're like, oh, no, no. I'm receiving, actually. <laughs> and we're more change coming back after giving than we thought. So, number one, be a student of Jesus. Number two, be a servant. And number three, walk and act in your new identity. See, this verse, he says, I'm writing to you, my children, because your sins have been forgiven by the authority of his name. And again, he says, because you have known the Father. Listen, you are a new creation. Pastor Jake taught last week about being born again and what that means. You have a new identity. You're, you're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner anymore. You're redeemed. You're a son or daughter of God. You are a son. You're a daughter. So you've tra- you have shed the old creation, the old sinful life, and you've put on a new creation. So act like it. Act like it. <clears throat> act like your new name. Your old man is gone and your new one is here. Uh, Pastor Jake talked about the mercy of God and because of the restoration, it wasn't by your good works in First Peter uh, verse 1. It wasn't by our good works that saved us. It's not because you're so better than everybody else that you have a new name. It's because of his mercy. Don't forget that. So three points to maturing in Christ as a child that John tells us today is to be a student of Jesus, be a servant to your brothers and sisters, and walk and act in your new identity. Amen? That's your homework. You can study that. All right. We're going to move on to the young guns, the youngins. Those in the, in the actual Hebrew, he was referring to, John was referring to those under 40 years old. But today we're going to be talking to those who have been walking with the Lord, the young people. He actually said this. He said, um, I'm writing to the young people because he has given you the power to conquer the evil one. And he said, because the voice of God remains and is heard among you, remember that you have conquered the evil one. So the young people, huh? That's in 1 John uh, 14. The young people. He says, uh, in the Hebrew culture, this would be anyone under 40. But spiritually speaking, this is someone who has been walking with the Lord for some time, who is spiritually growing and maturing. 
So this is to the ones who are maturing in Christ. I call them the young guns. <laughs> There's a rap song I like called the young guns. Christian rap. Maybe all the young guns. Okay, sorry. Um, to the maturing in Christ. If that is you, listen up. I have three main components of spiritual growth. This is going to change your life. Number one, have courageous faith. Have courageous faith. Joshua 1 says to be bold and be strong. God's not delivered you out of the battle. He's de delivered you to the battle. We're, we're not exempt from battles. In fact, it's, it's in that age group that the most battles are fought and won if you stay brave. If you stay courageous. But, but hear me loud and, and clear, young guns. Listen, there is a battle that is raging. And it will eat you alive if you don't listen to these scriptures. I have seen better people than any of us in here fall from grace. Amen. So don't ever think that you are secure. And just because I've known Christ for, you know, five years, 10 years, I'm growing, I'm good, I got this. Don't be like me in that race <laughs> that got prideful and didn't train right, didn't, didn't enter courageously in, into that race, just went pridefully into my race, and I ended up, um, it wasn't good. That wasn't good. I learned a lesson, yes, but I would never put myself in that position again. Number one, have courageous faith. And that's out of the, and the scripture I have for that is Hebrews chapter 12. Go read that. This is the scripture I started out with. We're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. So keep running. Don't give up. Have courageous faith. And I could probably spend a month talking about courageous people in the Bible that had this kind of faith. Esther and Gideon. Oh, my gosh. And, 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 and the disciples, after Jesus left this earth, the disciples went through battles. Most of them gave their lives for it. So there is battles, young guns. There is battles. Number two, a component for spiritual growth is love the word of God. Like I literally will hug my Bible and love my Bible. I do love this Bible. I love the voice. You can see it's worn out. I do love the word of God. But I'm encouraging you to develop a hunger for the word of God. Let me tell you a little secret um, in my, I, I coach women um, for, that's what I do as a career. And one of the things that I teach them, a lot, a lot of these women come to me saying, but I don't eat very much and I'm gaining all this weight. I don't eat anything. I just don't eat anything. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. And the first thing I do is increase their calories <laughs> and make them eat more protein. And guess what happens after about a month and a half? Weight starts coming off. They start feeling better. What? Eat more food? Yes. Eat the right kinds of food? Yes. There's a freebie for you. It's the same with the word of God. We cannot expect to hunger for the word if we're not consuming the word. The, the more that we don't have this, the more we don't want it. It's like you open up the word and you're like, eh. Or 
you read your Bible daily and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Oh my, Jake, you have to hear what God, Miss Susan, come here. Look what God did. I mean, you're just like a bomb exploding or a Bible bomb all the time. Listen, I read my Bible twice a day and I'm not saying this religiously. I'm saying this desperately. I make a Jesus sandwich every day. I told this to Jake the other day. The living bread sandwiches my day. I make a Jesus. I read my scripture in the morning and I read my scripture at the night and I just sandwich my day with Jesus. I just eat Jesus sandwiches all day, every day. I love them. I sandwich my day. Why? Because I've created a hunger for the word of God. I need it. I'm desperate. I can't live without him. John 1 1 through 18, this is just a reference. If you're taking notes, young guns, this is a good one. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I used to have it memorized. I wish I did. I'm actually going to read it. I'm going to read one part of it. I used to have it memorized. (laughs) This, this scripture is so powerful to us. I don't have the right translation for the one I'm wanting. <clears throat> in the beginning was the word. Everybody say, in the beginning. Jesus is the word. Amen. Jesus is the word. And he was in the beginning. It says, in the, in the beginning was the word, it had already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. Listen, the word gives life, y'all. We cannot expect to make it if we're not eating the word daily. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I could go on, but I'm not. The word gives life. The word is our bread. The word is our sustenance. We, We must have and develop a love for the word of God. Just as much as we love pizza or sushi or that steak at Roadhouse. Do we love the word? Do we get as excited about the word as we do as, you know, Mexican food? Queso. Number three, three components of spiritual growth. This says in John, in 1 John, when he says to to the young ones, he says, I'm writing to the young people because he has given you the power to conquer the evil. If he, he's given you power to conquer the evil one. If he's given you power to conquer the evil one, guess what's going to happen? The evil one's going to come knocking at your door. You don't, God doesn't give a gift if he doesn't want you to therefore use it. So if he's given the young ones the power, the authority actually is a better translation, the authority to defeat, not just fight the evil one, but to defeat the evil one. If he's given you the authority to do that, then just get ready. If you knew that, you know, in a week from now, um, you know, the terrorists that are over in Israel were going to come to your front door and try to take your family, what you going to do? 
How are you going to prepare for it? I know what my husband will be doing. <laughs> I don't want to tell y'all because it's scary. <laughs> He'll be calling Tyler. He'll be calling. <laughs> he, the gang would all be there. <laughs> oh, preach. We're going to hunker down out at James's house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, if we knew that the enemy was coming to our front door tomorrow, how would we prepare for that? But God has given you the power and authority for when the devil does come to defeat you, you get to turn around and defeat him, young guys. That's the authority that you have. Please don't sit on your authority and waste it. Please don't waste the power and the opportunity that you have to defeat the devil. Don't be afraid of the battle. I used to teach a workout called the warrior workout and there was a song in it that said, I run into the battle. I run because God told me I can. I don't shrink away from the battle. Are you so scared? I run into the battle because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And daily, listen, if you're in the word daily, there is a confidence in you. There is a strength in you that is more powerful than anything the enemy can do to you. I love this word that he gives the young guns because he says, he says he's given you the power to defeat the evil one. He didn't say the power to fight the evil one. He said the power to defeat, let me go to this side of the room. He said the power to defeat the enemy because God's weapons are powerful. They are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. That means in your dark days, you can pull out your word, you can pull out your sword, and you can defeat the devil. So those three components of maturing in Christ is having courageous faith. No weaklings here. God didn't call you to be a weakling. God called you to be strong. Amen. Number two, loving the word of God. These are, these are your spiritual push-ups. Come on now. This is, the, this is how you do it. This is, the, this is the actual practical gospel. Come on, number three. And he, he told you that he's given you authority to defeat the evil one. Amen. Revelations 12. I'm going to leave this scripture and then we're going to move on. Revelations 12 verse 10 says that they overcame him by the word of their testimony. Woo! By the word of their testimony and by the blood of the lamb. These are your, these are your practical weapons. And then they love not their lives unto death. I said death. Yes, I did. We can't fear death. All right, moving on. <clears throat> Remember, we're talking in threes. I'm going to talk to the spiritually mature for a minute. <clears throat> because John did. If this is you, you've been walking with the Lord for a while. He actually says, I'm writing to you fathers and mothers. Now, <clears throat> this isn't necessarily mean that you have physical children, although it can. This is a spiritually mature person in the word of God is marked by fruit. Spiritual maturity isn't in word. Spiritual maturity is marked by the word by fruit by fruit. So I'm speaking to those veterans, those veterans of the faith. The word would call them parents of the faith. 
fathers of the faith, those spiritual fathers and mothers that have produced fruit. What is fruit? Souls, sons and daughters after the gospel. I'm going to give you three ways to continue walking in maturity. Number one, abide. If you've been walking with the Lord for a while, this word should mean a lot to you. Abide, staying connected to the creator. Why does he say this? He says, I'm speaking to the father. This is in first John. I'm speaking to you fathers and mothers because you have known him as the creator. The one who started everything. If you know God, now this is the word no, this is prosceno, this is the intimate word for no. If you've known God to the point of all the way back to knowing him as creator, you've been walking with him for a long time. Because it takes a minute to have a revelation of God as the creator of all things. This isn't a quick revelation. This is an abiding revelation. This is a revelation that takes time walking with the Father. You realize, ooh, he's been around for a long time. <laughs> the more time you spend with him, you're like, oh, I see. You've kind of been at this for a while. <laughs> you kind of know what you're doing. See, this revelation is a mature, it's a wisdom beyond years. And so to continue that is to stay connected to the creator. Union with Christ. This kind of abiding bears fruit. You'll know that you are walking with the creator when you are bearing fruit. Jesus said in John 15 that those who bear much fruit are the ones who really love me. So this is the mark of maturity and staying there, abiding, staying connected. That's the hard part. That's hard. Staying the course, that's hard. Finishing your race, that's even harder. <laughs> Why do you think in Revelations Jesus said things like, to those who endure through to the end will be saved? These words come out of the tongue real easily, but lived out in the life of faith, not so easy. I see a lot of my... Mature ones shaking their head. <laughs> so the first way to continue to walk in this maturity as a parent, as a spiritual parent. Please don't ever think that you're not a spiritual parent, older people, please. You are a spiritual parent. You're a grandparent. Number two leads me to my next point is to be a parent. Because he's talking to mothers and fathers here. There's only three groups of people here. He's talking to mothers and fathers. You say, well, I've had my children. I'm a grandparent now, right? You, you have sons and daughters of the faith, spiritual sons and daughters. This word parent or mother and father means to watch over like a shepherd, to guard, right? And it is when we are, start walking with the Lord for some years and we gain some spiritual maturity, there is a moment that we pull in the young ones underneath us. There's a moment. It's, this is a natural fruit of walking with the Lord is we pull in the young ones and we begin to nurture them. We begin to train them. We begin to teach them. We go on walks with them. We begin to call them. We begin to take them out to lunch. We begin to spend Come on, time. Time. I want you to say time. 
It's going to cost you some time in your elderly years to help develop. I'm putting a call out to the older ones in this house to partner with me and Jake to train up another generation. It is not time to sit back. It is time to rise up, pull in the little ones. It's time to watch over and to guard and protect. Because if you're not, the world is. There's an agenda out there. And they're sponges. They're little tanks. You say, well, I don't have anybody to pour into. Yeah, you do. Just talk to me. I'll give you a few. I I hang out with young people. I have a lot. (laughs) Uh, that would uh, love grandmas and grandpas. <clears throat> My encouragement to you is to be a mentor. That doesn't mean that, well, I want you to sit down and I want you to listen to me teach you a lesson. No, nope. that means that we, that means that we walk with them through the hard things. That when the hard things come, they're like, oh, my parents are having some hard times. So I think, I think I'm, I think I'm going to call Brother Lee. Brother Lee, what, what do you think about? And, and he's like, uh, and he tells them, right? It, there's this moment that you've been in their life so much. You've been a pillar for them that when hard times come, they know who to call. They know who to lean into. In our house, um, we always talk about this. If there's ever like a national crisis, we know we're calling Pawpaw. <laughs> we just know Pawpaw's going to be there. He's a solid rock for our family. <laughs> he knows, right? We all have that pillar in our family, right? How much more is that mentality in the body of Christ? Amen. Find someone, young people that have walked with Christ for a while and go sit with them. Bug them. I remember, do y'all remember Miss Viola, those who are uh, the older generation? Do y'all remember Miss Viola? She was our prayer warrior here in this house for a billion years. She was the heady loo of our, our church, basically. And that woman sat right here on this row, the front row, Till she was in her, what, 90s maybe? I don't know, Mom, however, however old she was. She sat in this front row, I, I'm going to say the better part of her life, and she clapped and danced and whooped and hollered and raised her hands and cried at every service that me and Jake were at. And then she would come to us and say, Oh, Jake, young man, you just keep doing that. Just that, you're so anointed, and just keep bringing this to Oh, and she just encouraged us. And she'd call me during the week, and she'd pray for us. And she would, she would send us little notes. We're praying for y'all. And I remember um, the Lord started ask, uh, telling me I needed to get mentoring from her. And I remember a couple of times I'd call her, and I'd say, Miss Viola, what's the next thing you're going to, like women's conference or something? I want to go with you. And she was like, well, I don't know. And you don't think you want to ride in my car. She all know what car she drove. She had a pink, Cadill- pink green Cadillac. <laughs> And she was this short, and she <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I want to go with you, Miss Vola." And I got to hang out with her for a season. I just wanted to glean from her. I just was like hungry for mentoring. I was going to cry. Those were my early years of a marriage, and she would tell me stories about her and her husband and how they'd play tricks on each other and fight and love on each other. She just walked me through what it's like to be married, and. I remember just loving being around Miss Viola. I just loved being around her because she parented me. She encouraged me and she mentored me in a time of my life that I needed it so much. Number three, moving on. (coughs) 
Three ways to continue to walk in spiritual maturity is offer wisdom. Offer wisdom. You know God like they don't. You, you know God in a way that they want to know God. And so my encouragement to you is to offer the wisdom that the Lord has shared with you. Please pour it out to the next generation. You have walked with Christ and you know, you've known the revelation of Christ as the creator. This is what this has said. You have walked through those battles. You have, you have overcome triumphs and you're still walking with the Lord. That is so precious and that is so valuable. That is so needed in the body of Christ. Pass down these truths. Be wise. Teach the younger ones. Your years with the Lord should be offered as wisdom and mentorship to the younger ones. I'm already, listen, I'm already preparing for my 50s. Y'all don't believe me? I have, I have bins and boxes of journals. I keep, this is my personal journal. I keep journals every day. I write down what the Lord shares me because one day, one of my kids or grandkids is going to go through that. They're going to read their grandma's walk with the Lord. Oh, look at, look how my mom, my grandma got through when her dad passed away. Look how, look what happened when, and there's going to be a legacy that's passed down. Y'all, I'm so excited about turning 50. Have y'all not seen how excited I'm kind of, I'm kind of like upset that I have to wait three or four more years to turn 50. Okay. That just means I have more journals and bins to fill up. Okay. So offer wisdom, teach your lessons, pass the torch, pass the torch. I know it's hard work. Believe me. I know it's, you know, you don't understand this generation. They use words like no cap. You know, I got in, I got in trouble the other day for saying a word. <laughs> I should have said it. You know, ask questions. I do. I say, what does that mean? Mom, <laughs> what does it mean? I want to know. What does that mean? And, you know, just always finding out what things mean and always pursuing the next generation and always creating this idea of we're on the same team, right? Just like the old man in my race that walked out from his comfort and he walked into my race and he helped me make it. I want to be that to someone. I want to be that to someone. When someone's about to give up, someone has been in this race and they, they just don't think they can do this anymore. I want to notice, number one, and I want to be able to say, hey, wait, you, you're doing a good job. Come on, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm going to read this verse to you, and we're going to close. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. <clears throat> I'm writing to you, my children, because your sins are forgiven by the authority of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers and mothers, because you have known him as the creator, as the one who started everything. I'm writing to you, young people, because he has given you the power to conquer the evil one. I have written to you, my children, because you have known the father. I have written to you, fathers and mothers, because you have known him as the creator. And I have written to you, my young people, because the voice of God remains and is heard among you. Remember that you have conquered the evil one. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed as I close in this verse. So since we stand surrounded by all those who have gone before us, 
an enormous cloud of witnesses. Let us drop every weight and every sin that clings to us and slackens our pace and let us run with endurance the long race set before us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just because I want to block out distractions, I had a vision a few years ago. The Lord took me to heaven in a meeting I was in, and during communion, I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body. I just know that it happened. And when I, when I opened my eyes, I saw Jesus standing before me. And in his hand and in his eyes was fire. And he took away from me grief that I had been carrying. But the significant part of this story is after he took my grief and he put it in a beautiful river and it dissipated and it's never to be seen again, he then looked over his right shoulder And there standing in heaven was my dad in his 30s or so, the curly red hair, was Pastor Mike. Those of you who know Pastor Mike Glazner, there was Gary Dixon, my dad's best friend, and there was Lois Byers. All standing shoulder to shoulder with their heads up. As I stood before my Jesus, he said, these are your crowd of witnesses. And I don't know how that works in heaven. I don't know if they see us. But I do know that at that moment, Jesus let them see me. And I felt deep in my soul that this was my turn. This was my turn to run the race. And it was a life-changing moment. And they all began to sing with the crowd in the service we were in also began to sing. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. They began to sing and they began to praise. And actually the crowd, the service we were in, were singing that too. And it was like heaven and earth became one in that moment. And I knew that I had a race to win. And I don't know where you find yourself this morning in that group of people, whether you've met the Lord yet and you're, you know, little immature in the faith, but you're growing. I don't know if you've been walking with the Lord for a few years and you're, you're growing. I don't know if you have been walking with the Lord for a few years at some time and you feel mature in your faith. I'm not sure where you are today, but one thing I do know is that you're not done, that you have a race to win and that the Lord has equipped you And you are victorious. And I'm here today to be that old man in the corner that says, keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. I know you're weary. I know you're tired. But you should be proud of yourself and how far you've come. And this morning, I want you to envision yourself running in your race. Dropping every weight Every distraction, every weary thought, every sin, everything that has held you back. And let's run today, church. Let's run. Let's run our race with endurance and not give up. I pray today that we would leave this house encouraged, Lord. Encouraged, Father, to run our race with endurance, Lord, not to give up, but to keep our eyes on Jesus. And, Father, I thank you today that if there's any in this place that is weary, that they wouldn't be anymore, Father. There would be a new vigor and a new, a new grit in them today to keep going, to keep going in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, one day <laughs> there will be a great celebration 
the marriage feast of the Lamb. And we'll all get to look forward to. And everybody will gather together as the Father welcomes us home. And Father, until that day, give us strength, Lord. Give us endurance that we may run, Father. We love you today, Lord. I speak blessings over um, all of my family and friends in this house. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.